Third down and 10 at the 11. Rattler, play fake. Rattler, dancing, squares, fires. Touchdown, Oklahoma. Marvin Mims, a talented freshman out of Frisco. This is BetQL Daily, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook, with the Joes, Joe Ostrowski and Joe Giglio from BetQL. Welcome back. It is BetQL Daily, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook, right here on the BetQL Network. Joe O, Joe G with you. we got a lot of college football to talk about before this show ends. Later on today, we will break down the SEC, our favorite win totals, everything we like about this conference that we know is dominated by one school. But right now, we're going to bring on a guest from Pro Football Focus, a senior college analyst. His name is Anthony Tresh, and he's already made a fan in Joe O here because <laughs> of his article about Justin Fields potentially being the greatest quarterback in Bears history. Anthony, how you doing today, man? I'm doing well. I, I got to tell you, man, that highlight of Spencer Rattler, just hearing it, it just got me so jacked for the football season. I mean, we're right here. It's football month every single weekend from until February 22. We got football. So I'm in a fantastic mood. How are you guys doing? We're oh, good. Yeah. We're, we're good. And, and you're right. Football is back. College football is coming back just in a couple of weeks. We can start with Spencer Rattler. He's the favorite to win the Heisman Trophy. Oklahoma projected to be one of the top teams in the country, as, as you would expect with a quarterback like that and a, a good infrastructure there. How good is Oklahoma? And, and would you take Rattler to win the, MV, win the uh, Heisman Trophy, excuse me, or do you think there's value somewhere else? Yeah, you know, I definitely would pick Rattler at this point in time. I, I think the way I, I mean, this is how I've been playing it personally is going with Spencer Rattler and DJ Uengolay, the Clemson quarterback. Um, but I would have to say right now, I would be kind of surprised if anybody dethroned Spencer Rattler for that mark. I mean, what he did last year um, in his first year starting, um, just a year removed from showing up to campus for the first time. I mean, it was truly exceptional. And I think, you know, I've seen a lot more people kind of come around on Spencer Rattler, the player, um, just because, you know, after the season, a lot of people weren't all the way in, you know, bought in on him just because there were some ugly, undisciplined moments early on, um, you know, starting for Oklahoma. You know, you have the Iowa State, Kansas State game-ending interceptions. Um, and then you also have that small benching for a series or two against Texas that a lot of people, you know, just kind of ran away with and said, oh, this guy's going to break the trend of Lincoln Riley quarterbacks. But he produced at an elite level. I mean, it was the best season we've ever seen from a quarterback starting within their first two years um, in college football. You know, 92.6 pass to grade. I mean, it was it was just an exceptional year. I mean, the way he can create outside of structure, his arm talent. I mean, it's truly in that rare category. Um, and, and so I think right now he's the only proven elite passer in college football. I think Sam Howell definitely has a you know a chance to kind of get on, get on his heels there for the number one overall pick. But you know, I would still be surprised if he ended up doing that. But as far as the Heisman goes. I think he's the favorite. And, I mean, too, you look at that Oklahoma team as far as going, you know, who's going to win the national title, that's also been my pick there just because you, he's got a loaded roster around him. I mean, down in the trenches, he has a good offensive line, lost a couple of pieces, but they rebuild, and they're going to have probably a top 10 group there. The defensive line, I mean, that's going to be the most potent pass rush in college football. Um, and then, too, I mean, that kind of helps you just because, you know, we found out the coverage versus pass rush study um, you know, in the power five level, in the situation they're in, that pass rush can go a long way. And they can kind of make up for a secondary that may not be, you know, elite, but, you know, average at best. And that's kind of looking what they're looking like um, for this upcoming season. Then he also has a well-rounded receiving unit. So 
you know, I, I think Spencer Rattler's the pick for, you know, the Heisman, the future number one overall pick. And right now, I would have, have to say I'm more comfortable putting my money on Oklahoma to win it all than any of the other contenders. Gotcha. Uh, Anthony, a, a few weeks ago, you brought up something that since we're a betting show, we've certainly been discussing the value on the board with the Heisman Trophy. I mean, even last year, uh, late in the season with about a month left, you could find Devontae Smith at about 50 to 1. And a lot of times, these names at the top of the board at the start of the season are not the names that we're talking about in the end. And uh, you broke down some dark horses that you like over at FanDuel Sportsbook, and I love it. Uh, my guy Malik Willis over at Liberty. It's tough because I, I want to put a wager in for Willis out of Liberty, but something I've gone back to is in recent years, it feels like it's it's also been a team award. Your team has to be in the college football playoff. How about some dark horses that you like? Yeah, 100%. And, you know, I think it's going to have to – a lot of things are going to have to go right for Malik to get there. Um, you know, he just has – it would be an extreme dark horse there. But, you know, keeping everyone else in mind and looking at the team, um, you know, Derek Stingley Jr. of LSU, if he does end up playing both sides of the ball – I think we could see him put his name in the running there. I mean, rumor has it that he is practicing at wide receiver um, as well as his normal position at cornerback and in set to return as well. So if he does all three things, and I think he would be, you know, exceptional at doing all three just with the kind of gifted athlete player he is. I mean, that, that's definitely one worth pursuing. Um, you know, another one, too, is Casey Thompson of Texas. Um, you know, he has Steve Sarkeesian, who's probably one of the best um, offensive minds in college football as we've seen over the last couple of years at Alabama you know, as leading the way as his head coach now. Um, young player, you know, I'm not so sure about Texas. That's kind of concerning. Um, but, you know, those are the two, you know, marquee dark horses that kind of stood out to me. Um, and, and also, too, like you said, you know, the names that were really popping up there early on in the season, you know, they don't really end up there towards the end. And that's why, you know, you look at some of these young and inexperienced guys, and I'm actually writing an article about it right now. Um, you know, you have C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young, uh, you know, that I would be kind of nervous putting a wager on those two, even though they're in fantastic situations. We just really have not seen players with even with that recruiting pedigree really pan out to be something special, at least right away. I mean, they would have to be, you know, in that Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields and even Spencer Rather, um, you know, kind of type of player. Um, and, you know, over the last decade or so, we've rarely seen those type of players pop up. I mean, just over the last few years, really. So, you know, that's why I would kind of fade those guys. But. You know, going back to the original question, some dark horses, I think Derek Kingley Jr., I mean, he was at plus 10,000 earlier. Um, he's definitely one to keep an eye on. Um, and then also, to Casey Thompson of Texas. I'm glad you brought up Casey Thompson of Texas because I wanted to go to them. You, you wrote an article, Five Underrated Teams College Football This Year for Pro Football Focus. And you had Texas right there, Casey Thompson, their quarterback, new coach, new system. Um, tell us what, what you like about Texas and, and why you think they could surprise this year, Anthony. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, it, it's a very, it's a high upside team. There's no doubt about that. I mean, you look at a lot of their position groups, it's just a lot of raw talent. We've not really proven quite yet. Um, I mean, that's a common theme at the receiving unit, within the receiving unit, and also at the quarterback position, um, like I said. And, and also, too, at running back, yeah, they have a big breakout candidate with John Robinson. And at the collegiate level, running backs are actually valuable, and I think he's going to go a long way in helping that offense special, you know, be a special one eventually. Um, but also, too, Steve Sarkeesian, I mean, like, like what I was referring to earlier, what he did at Alabama the last two years, and I, and I know he had incredible talent, but, I mean, he had – the offenses that he led and designed 
were the best offenses that we've ever seen in the PFF college era. I mean, not a single time did that offense generate negative EPA per play in a single game, which means they're effectively it kind of all boils down to they were an inefficient offense. They never sniffed inefficiency in his two years calling plays for Alabama. Uh, I mean, just this past season, he made Mac Jones and, you know, I'm not to discredit Mac Jones because I'm a big Mac Jones guy. I, I thought I was, I was a lot higher on him in the pre-draft process than a lot of people, but you know, he really kind of helped him out significantly, you know, with the way he saw the field. So, you know, I think Steve Sarkeesian, I think he's, you know, like I said, one of the best offensive minds in college football. I think Casey Thompson, he's flashed a little bit, especially in that full game. Um, I think he has a, a, a very high ceiling. And then you have all the raw potential on offense as well. That's why I think they're a little bit of a sleeper team and one to keep an eye on, at least early on. Um, and, you know, I'm not saying Texas is back this upcoming season, but I definitely think that they're making strides to be there. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if they did, you know, get closer to being, quote unquote, back um, sooner rather than later. Anthony, I love that you guys at PFF have gone all in on college football because it, it feels like over the years, while so many people are love watching college football every single Saturday, uh, the amount of data that is available to most fans just completely lacked. And uh, yeah, like Seth Galina and yourself do a great job over there. Are, are, are there a few things that you've learned studying the data that you think a lot of fans don't quite understand about today's game of college football? Yeah, definitely. I mean, there, there's a couple that really stand out. Um, you know, like I was mentioning earlier, I think the biggest one is setting, I, I think we need to kind of temper expectations for some of these quarterbacks that are on absolutely stacked teams, just because they were a highly ranked recruit at one point in time. You know, it's very easy to get caught up in the stars. And, you know, typically there is a, there's a correlation, you know, you, you see these, these five-star guys really pan out. But at the same time, you know, you, you see a lot of instances of, you know, people kind of hanging on to it just because, you know, at one point in time, they were supposed to be the savior of the team. And it's just kind of tempering expectations early on for some of those guys. Um, and then another thing, too, is just also the, the way the scheme can help out certain players and just kind of differentiating that. And I think that's something that, you know, me and like you said, my, my colleague, Seth Galina, that we talk about all the time. It's just, you know, types of systems that make things really easy on the player, um, you know, whether, it, you know, it's regardless of position um and you know you really want to look at the quarterback position and just because you know they, the quarterback might grade exceptionally well um you know may, they may not put the ball in harm's way a lot but you know is that them themselves being a good player is it you know kind of getting helped out by the offense they're in right are, are they having very easy simplistic reads um and also too you look at you know the receiver position is the receiver winning, winning you know gets single coverage one-on-one um, you know, are they winning underneath or finding soft spots against zone coverage? Um, and also, too, you look at the secondary, you can kind of see, you know, just these, you know, the grading may be high, but at the same time, it's just because they're in the, the good scheme that they've been just absolutely bred for. Um, you know, you see guys at Iowa, but I mean, that's a big one. They take these low ranked recruits and they design them to, you know, play everything in front of them in that zone heavy scheme. And then they're very good at it. They're very good at it. But it's also taking that into account kind of, differentiating that between who's actually the, the best, you know, you have this different aspects of that too. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot to kind of, that, that I can talk about with that type of question, but I think the mm -hmm. two biggest things is, um, you know, no one singular data point says this player is absolutely the best. You know, you always have to dive in deeper and marry the tape with the data and look up the situation they're in. And also too, I think, you know, looking at some of the data that we've seen, it, it's just, you know, it, 
it can be very easy to get kind of out of hand or, you know, setting too high of expectations for some players. Anthony Trash, Pro Football Focus, joining us here, talking college football here a few weeks away from the start of the season. Anthony, Georgia's an interesting team this year. Look at the title odds right now on FanDuel, plus 500, third best odds. Only Alabama and Clemson are above them. Question mark, though, comes to the quarterback position. Do you think JT Daniels is good enough quarterback at Georgia? Because we know the rest of the roster is, is obviously loaded there in the SEC. Yeah, you know, it's, that team, I think, is probably one of the most physically gifted teams and raw teams that I can remember in recent memory. I mean, they have just these freak athletes at almost every single position, seemingly. Um, and, you know, I'm excited to see how some of these players kind of develop. Um, you know, on the defense side of the ball, you have Darion Kendrick going, coming from Clemson to Georgia. You have Huey Ringo, who's, like I said, one of those freak athletes, young player, inexperienced, hasn't played it down yet. Um, Adam Anderson, the edge defender, breaking – you know, hope a very big breakout candidate uh, coming into 2021, um, you know, graded out very well on a limited sample. Um, but, you know, like you said, it's the quarterback position. And, you know, for me personally, I, I don't quite understand the, the big time hype for JT Daniels. Um, you know, that, that debut he had against Mississippi state last year, it, I'm not going to deny it. It was one of the best games that we saw of the 2020 season. Um, but the big concern with me is, you know, it's not only what he did in the three games following that, but also still the 2018 season in you know, true freshman year at USC. Um, that one lone performance we did see before he tours ACL in 2019. Um, you know, looking back at all the players, you know, in the PFF college era, and that's going back to 2014, we've never seen a, a quarterback start their career out performing at a level that JT did in that 2018 season and then end up a Heisman capable or championship worthy leading, um, you know, type of player. I mean, the closest thing in comparison is Drew Locke. And he, you know, he was just kind of a, an above average, very good college quarterback. He never did take that next step to elite status um, at Missouri. And he was also helped out significantly in the system he was in. Um, you know, and, and it's just kind of interesting. And then you look at the, the game against Cincinnati last year against really the only true defense he faced. Um, it, it was a very poor performance. He had a sub-50 passing grade, four turnover-worthy plays for the game. Um, and so I, I'm very concerned for Georgia, um, especially right out of the gate against Clemson. Um, I, I think that Clemson defense is one of the best in college football. And I think, you know, with Brissett of Wolves, the defensive mastermind and guru he is, I think they're going to make life very difficult on JT right away. Um, and so, you know, I've seen it some places where JT is the favorite to win the Heisman. Um, but I, I would not be, you know, pounding the table for that. I wouldn't be surprised if Georgia, you know, just because of the talent they have outside the quarterback position really, you know, does be, become the dangerous team that they're being picked to be right now. Um, but that quarterback position is just a little bit too shaky in my eyes to really buy into him at this point in time. Anthony Trash, Pro Football Focus. We appreciate you hopping on, and I'm sure we'll reach out again during the college football season. This was great. Thank you, Anthony. Of course, guys. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Anthony. You got it. Anthony Trash, Pro Football Focus. The quarterback position at Georgia. He loves Oklahoma. How about that? Yeah. Spencer Rattler, Heisman, and national championship. Yes, yes. Um, boy, there's a lot of interesting notes, including how many times have we talked? About a month ago, how many uh, times did you hear the name Malik Willis? Oh, not many. Now I mean, we're hearing a lot. People are all people around the game are all in on Malik Willis and Slovis. There's a lot of value there. If you think USC could win the Pac-12, that means Slovis is having a great year. So there's some value on the board at 25 to one for the Heisman. Speaking of value, on the other side, how about some dark horses to win NFL Rookie of the Year, both offense and defense? We'll take a look at those. If we had to take a dark horse, 
who we take. Joe O, Joe G, BeckQL Daily on the BeckQL Network presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. By the Joes. For the Joes. Let Joe Ostrowski and Joe Giglio help you beat the sportsbooks on BeckQL Daily. Presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. 19 noon Eastern on the BeckQL Network.